0: This is KCBX Central Coast Public Radio. I'm Father Ian Dellinger, and I'm playing with food. When I was in my 20s, in the harsh winters of San Jose, California, on a cold, dark night, I would get out the apple cider and make myself a warming adult beverage. It was my trusted hot buttered rum recipe that I actually only really made for my pre-Christmas dinner party. It was apple cider, not juice, with some warming spices, a glug of rum, and a slick of butter on top. Delicious! But then, my move to Britain opened up the world of hard cider. I was largely unimpressed. Until now. The craft cider movement on the Central Coast is producing cider where every barrel is unique in flavor and character. I just had to explore more and I started in the orchard and went all the way to the bottle. How are you?
1: Good morning.
0: Hi, good morning.
1: Good morning. Welcome to the Two Broads orchard that we lease from the Slow Land Conservancy. My name is Maggie Probilski. I am one of the owners and operators of Two Broads Cider Works in San Luis Obispo, California. So
0: this is your orchard?
1: Well, we're leasing it from the Land Conservancy, but we do care for all of the trees that are here. We don't own the trees, but we are allowed to pick the apples off and use them. These are 20 year old Braeburn trees. There's also a couple crab apples mixed in for pollination. And I think they mixed in some Granny Smith for pollination as well. And then there's this mystery tree that has this really dark skin that gets this yeast bloom on it that makes it look purple. But nobody can tell me what it is because there's no records. We also don't know what the rootstock is, but we're pretty sure these are dwarf. That means we don't have to use any ladders and that's just safer for everyone.
0: So you're out here picking apples, and what are you going to do with them?
1: We're going to squish them and make them into cider. Not fresh cider. We're going to ferment it. I'll make it into adult beverage.
0: So we're here on a foggy, cold fall morning, mm. picking. At well, we're here, and you're picking apples. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick a couple apples. Does it require special skills?
1: It kind of requires you to know that if you pick an apple wrong, you will have trouble getting more fruit off that tree. When you're picking an apple, you want to grasp it gently and you want to pull it up toward the spur. The spur is where the fruit is coming off. If you break the spur, you could affect your ability to, to grow apples on that spur next year.
0: Oh, so you do have to know what you're doing. You do
1: have to know what you're doing, yeah. Um, that being said, sometimes when it's really ripe, ripe, it'll just like fall right off the tree.
0: Like that one did.
1: Yeah, but if, let's say, you see how I'm pulling the apple up Uh back toward the branch yeah usually that's enough if it's ready to go
0: right okay this one this one not
1: well i'm still going to take it (laughs) (laughs) i mean i can't in order to be efficient you got to also think of efficiency while you're out here we mostly just don't have the time to go back and forth around the orchard we we do need to pick it all at once it might take us a few weeks but they'll still be good Some of them will be a little under, but that's fine. We like a good acidic apple, and some of them will be really sugary by the time we get to the end, because they're still ripening on the tree over the two weeks that we're picking. How many apples will you get? In the past, we've gotten around three tons and change. This orchard does need a lot more care and restoration. There is some fire blight in it, and that doesn't affect the taste of the apples, but it does affect the health of the tree. And fire blight is the kind of disease where you have to take the wood out of the orchard otherwise you risk reinfecting healthy trees
0: this is like orchard to orchard to
1: bar usually we say orchard to bottle how important is that to you we really like having an idea of where everything comes from. It it gives us a better relationship with our product and then we can communicate that to our customers when they come in.
0: I'll pick a couple apples. Yeah. Let me okay. see if I can do this right. Yeah. Everything that's red on this tree has to go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The spurs right here. That's at the top of the apple. Kinda of, there you go. It just
0: came it just came exactly.
1: off. Exactly. It's ready.
0: So are you like doing a whole tree regardless of how ripe the apples are? Or are you going through and getting the most ripe ones and then tomorrow you'll come back and get the next ripe ones or?
1: We're gonna go methodically just so that we know we've hit every tree. That's why we try to take everything off the tree. Even if we're not gonna take it back to the cider works with us, we'll at least put it in the ground. Cause then we know we're not going back to the same row okay. and wasting time.
0: Okay, well, I'll give this a try. Yeah. Okay.
1: Look at that cute, that's a cute little spider. Ah! Do you just not like to be surprised by them?
0: I just don't like spiders because they they kill people.
1: They can. (laughs) Most of them don't though. There's two kinds of pruning you can do to a tree and you can do winter pruning which will invigorate the tree or you can do summer pruning which will shape the tree. So whatever you accidentally pull off, we're going to call that summer pruning but still we want to try to keep the spurs intact as much as possible so we get fruit next year we don't pick up grounders because we don't have this area fenced very well to keep the animals out and we want to reduce the amount of you know pathogens that could pass to people even though our method of fermentation probably kills most of those
0: After picking the apples, it was time for the next step.
1: These are gala apples from an organic farm in Santa Barbara County, Kuyama Orchards. So I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I drive out there when the packing house gets open at like 8. And it's a gorgeous drive because the sun is coming up and a nice quiet time. I pick up the apples from them, and then I bring them home, and they fill the cellar, and they make the cellar smell amazing. I invite people to go back there and huff my apples when I have apples back there. (laughs) Just take, just like really breathe it in. Really breathe it in. We like to use organic apples because we don't like to peel, which is very labor-intensive. And we feel better about using organic apples when we are making cider.
0: How many different types of apples do you use?
1: Oh, I want to say we're a lot. There's, I mean, I want to say maybe 30 to 40 varietals that we've worked with before. We are very lucky to have some local orchard enthusiasts who are like, hey, you want our apples? We're like, yeah you want some cider? And they're like, yeah. So they have some really funky, weird, wonderful heirloom and cider specific variety apples that we have so much fun learning about and fermenting and just seeing what happens. There is some predictability in what we do, but a lot of it is a surprise to us. It just makes it really interesting and fun. (laughs)
0: Are each of your ciders varietal specific?
1: We can do that, like wine. We're gonna do an all-gala apple cider, but blending is what you see most often in the cider industry because you wanna balance the acid and the tannin and the alcohol together. And sometimes there's residual sugar in cider. We don't typically make that type because we like it dry. We'll do all the blends, native fermentation, a pitched yeast fermentation, barrel fermentation, barrel aging. And this is our bin dumper. We got it from Deep Dark, Oregon, and we trucked it back on a trailer on the back of our mini, a thousand miles, a thousand pounds. It doesn't end up fitting normal bins. So we had to like figure out who had the right bins to fit the bin dumper. Everybody else is using like a square macro bin, but this is like a rectangular collapsible bin. So this works for us. Half of this business is logistics. I should say a quarter of it is logistics, quarter of it is cleaning, a quarter of it is paperwork, and quarter of it is cider making. (laughs) <laughs> we just look at so many apples, but I end up always marveling at how pretty they are. I'm like, all right, everybody, because we get a crew, pull out the prettiest, the largest, the smallest, the weirdest apples, because I really just enjoy that aesthetic part of it. The stainless steel will make a chute and a cage. It's got two pistons on the side and it is a hydraulic run machine. We have to hook it up to the extra port on our forklift to run it. The pistons push the bottom up And it rotates so that all the apples start to fall into the chute, and we're going to put a water bath right there and then we'll move the sorting table next to the water bath and then line up all the apples over here which will go into the mill which is that thing with the yellow hopper over there down at the bottom of the yellow hopper it's filled with spinning knives and it turns the apples into coleslaw okay and then those go into the presses the bladder presses right there which are a big cylindrical cage that's lined with a press cloth. And in the middle is a rubber bladder that fills up with water and presses the apple pulp out to the side.
0: So this big bin, which is almost a cubic yard, 40 by 48, Mm -hmm. filled with apples, Mm -hmm. is gonna be rotated to 90 degrees, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which will allow it to be dumped into the process that you you just described. Okay. You're listening to Issues and Ideas on KCBX Public Radio for the Central Coast. I'm Father Ian at Two Broads Cider Works, learning how to turn apples in the orchard into an adult beverage that is tasty and full of flavor. We're in the middle of sorting apples, and then it's on to, as Two Broads puts it, turning them into coleslaw. So
2: today we're filling this. A lot of our tanks are full, and we have a lot more apples than we need, but sometimes we need juice later in the year. So we put it in this IBC, it's called an ibc sensor intermediate bulk container but once you know what it is it's like a prop on every sci-fi show it's so funny they hold about a thousand liters so we can pump juice into that and put it in storage until we're ready to use the juice and then tomorrow we're going to fill one of our tanks and start fermenting that one right away so if you're storing it doesn't it ferment while it's storing it can but we will freeze it and that keeps it fresh, and then when we're ready, we take it out and thaw it. And that's actually how we make a style of cider, sometimes called ice cider, which is made with frozen, basically once the juice is thawing, as it thaws, more concentrated juice thaws first, and we use that first bit to make like a really strong dessert cider called ice cider. That's really good. So you said you use organic apples Mm -hmm. because you don't have to peel them, but
0: what does that mean in terms of pests and things that might be in the apples?
1: What we worry about mostly during the process is mold. Bugs are just protein. We like to call them micronutrients so we don't mind if there's a little hole and there's a little worm inside there because if there was anything dangerous in that animal the acid and the alcohol would take care of it but yeah mold is our primary concern
0: is that pretty standard in the industry to not worry about pests yeah
1: it is and that's why we're allowed to use seconds everybody's idea about what good fruit is is so narrow that Sometimes people will look at an apple like this that has gashes, or an apple that has bruises, or an apple that has a a wormhole in it, and reject it.
0: So when you say you sort apples, does that mean you actually touch every single apple?
1: We do. Yeah. We used to be really slow at first, but the more you do it, the faster you get. So you just, you take your hands, you look down at the apples you're going to grab, you grab them, you turn them over, and you chuck them. And then you chuck them in the good pile, or the bad pile. I would chuck this into the cut pile. That way, you can cut this section off the apple, toss it in the good pile, and then the bad part of the apple go to compost. We're trying to reduce waste.
0: Absolutely.
1: We will start with our apples. Gala apples, Kuyama orchard. They are organic. We will be washing them and sorting them. If y'all want to come a little closer, I'll show you kind of what we're looking to keep. We We don't mind a little bit of sunburn. We don't mind a fresh cut as long as it's fresh. What we do mind is anything that might have mold in it, anything that starts to look blue or anything that starts to look like it's affecting the outside of the skin, because that means the infection is getting more involved in the fruit. And what we do with these is we throw them in the crates under the sorting table for cutting later. If you can't save more than half the apple, we just compost that. I don't think we're gonna find anything gross like that in here. You know, if the apple's like turning to applesauce it, or it's Mm. got like a ton of mold on it, we would definitely compost that. Doesn't look like these are gonna be too labor intensive as far as cutting is concerned. Okay. So we're gonna hook the forklift up to the bin dumper. The bin dumper is going to rotate and all the apples are gonna come out of the chute and into the wash basin. So I'm not sitting on the seat enough. Then somebody will scoop them out fill the sorting table with them and then we'll sort the good apples into the lugs which are the elongated crates there this is fine because it's a difficult- mm-hmm. we'll stage those on the way to the mill which is that yellow hopper thing and then that will turn the apples into kosla and then we will bucket those into the press. And Morgan typically runs the presses and she will do a lot of the, the milling as well.
0: If you're ever part of making cider, make sure you taste the raw product. Trust me, it's worth it.
1: Nothing like fresh squeezed juice. Okay, so what is this? This is the the gala juice that just came off the presses. Okay.
0: Mmm, I've never tasted apple juice like that. This is not the treetop stuff in the carton at all. Not at all. This is not frozen concentrate reconstituted apple juice Mm -mm. that I grew up on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, this is, I mean, this is the close you're going to get to right off the farm as as you can. Even though the farm is, you know, a couple hundred miles away, but.
0: (laughs) When did you pick them up?
1: I got them on Friday morning.
0: And today's Saturday.
1: And today's Saturday. 24 hours old. Yeah, I think they picked them, they maybe picked them the day before. They maybe picked them on Thursday.
0: I'm continuing to drink this and I don't, I'm not an apple juice fan.
1: Uh, you're not? <laughs>
0: um, but I'm not an apple juice fan because of the apple juice that I grew up drinking. Yeah. Like this is, this is real apple juice. It's,
1: yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just so fresh. It, I guess it just goes to show you how much better tasting fresh is.
0: So this juice I just drank, what's gonna happen to it next?
1: We are going to put it in an IBC, and we're actually going to send this juice off to storage. But um, we're also saving some of it because we're working with a local business. We're going to make an exclusive cider for their new shop, so some of this juice is going to go into that special batch for them.
0: You're listening to Issues and Ideas on KCBX Public Radio for the Central Coast. I'm Father Ian, making cider with Maggie and Morgan at Two Broad Cider Works. I've picked apples in the orchard. I've washed and sorted apples. I've chopped apples and squeezed their juice into a bin. I didn't do the fermenting part. Staring at bunged up barrels doesn't make good radio. So I'm now skipping to the good part, tasting.
3: Uh, So my name's Jason and I say I'm a cider hand here at Tubrod, so I mainly tend to the bar. And then I also help with production as well as really anything else that Maggie and Morgan might need.
0: Well, you just brought a tray of urine samples and, did. and placed them yes. in front of me. Tell us what we've got here. So we
3: have a few different types of cider here. We have our bridge block cider, which is 100% apples. And that comes from our own orchard that we have on the San Luis Obispo floodplains down on the river. It's very nice. The apples are quite fresh and they have a very nice tartness to them. Secondly, we have what I call Kme, kumquat me, which is a fruit style cider, where we co-ferment the apples with kumquats. Great acidity and some great citrusy freshness as well. Third on the list is our Bearded Queen. This is a botanical style cider. We call it Bearded Queen because it has hops in it. And that hops add a wonderful resinous texture and flavor to the richness of the apples that we use.
0: Great, well, I have my friend Hans here with me. Hans, you are very familiar with all of these ciders, correct?
2: Correct, I love coming here. I come here regularly and I'm friends with both Maggie and Morgan. How do we start?
3: All right, well, we got some little flasks here, so I'll pour one each for
0: you guys. It smells like apples.
3: I sure hope so, friend.
0: (laughs) Be worried if it didn't.
3: Be very concerned otherwise.
0: Okay, here we go. It's nice. It's crisp and clean. It looks yellow and it (laughs) tastes yellow. Does that make any sense?
3: It does. Yellow is a color. I normally associate that with sharpness or acidity. Especially with apples and cider, we have a pronounced acidity from the malic acid present in the apple. It gives you a nice tartness, almost makes your mouth water like you want to consume food with your cider. Next up, we have our kumquat me. So like I mentioned, kumquat meh is going to be co-fermented with kumquats. So what co-ferment means is that we crush the apples and the kumquats together so that their juices are mixed throughout the entire process, and then they're fermented together as well.
0: Okay, here we go. Wow, very different.
2: You can really smell the kumquats though. Like, that really comes through in the nose.
3: So this is arguably one of my favorite ciders, Bearded Queen. We use hops in it as well. Much like you make beer, you steep the food in hops and just give it a nice, resinous flavor. It adds just a lot of fun texture, a lot of green, math sticky. I say resinous a lot, the compounds are terpenes, which is just a very fun compound. You find them in diverse Demeanors as well as other German style white wines. You'll get on the nose, it does smell like Ooh. an apple IPA. Yeah, and it does. Absolutely yeah. amazing. It's I like this one because I like such... coffee beers. Next up is also one of my favorite ciders. So we call this No Fret Piquette. and it is a blend of cider and wine.
0: Okay, that's interesting.
3: And then you'll see in the flask to my right, we have the actual wine. So last year's blend, had a little bit of Movedra and Grenache in it. This year's blend, we're looking at having Grenache and Syrah. And what I'm pouring here is the granache that we actually just finished off. What's this final one? This is Frost. Frost is a dessert style cider, so it is going to be semi-dry. You can't legally call it an ice cider because it was okay. not frozen naturally. So we call it an ice style cider, which is where you take your juice and you freeze it. And then as it thaws, you take off the sweetest layer and you keep pulling off until you get to basically a water layer that has less sugar in it. And you take the really sweet and you ferment that instead. So that's where you end up with a cider that's about 16.1% in alcohol because we've actually halved the amount of volume that the sugar was dissolved in through the freezing process. It does see some French oak as well. So if you do smell it a little bit, you will get these nice, very rich caramely apple notes It's almost like a rum.
0: Wow, there's a lot going on in this glass. Very
3: nicely aged.
0: You can smell the agedness to it. It's really nice, but my unsophisticated palate couldn't even begin to tell you what's going on in this glass. Cider is really fun.
3: It's definitely an up and coming thing that we're finding in the Central Coast. Got a lot more orchards popping up everywhere. And with that comes a little bit more of a nuanced cider just around the area. So, you know, drink cider.
0: This experience was the first time I enjoyed drinking hard cider. Each one of those ciders had a complex bouquet of flavors and aromas that led to a pleasant tasting experience. There are about 20 cider works between Monterey and Oxnard. That gives you plenty of opportunities to explore the good work on the Central Coast and the orchard-to-bottle brilliance all around us. This is KCBX Public Radio for the Central Coast. I'm Father Ian, and I'm playing with food.